Welcome to Porter Wright's Antitrust Law Source. We're going to pick up where we left off talking about the Third Circuit's decision in FTC v. Wyndham. Um, Again, I'm joined here by my colleague, Ryan Graham, who uh, works in our Columbus office. Uh, Not only is he a litigation attorney, but he's also a former FBI analyst for cybercrimes. Now, as we move into sort of the the decision of the Third Circuit, we should just sort of note what what authority the FTC actually has to regulate businesses. Section 5 of the FTC Act makes it illegal to engage in deceptive or unfair um, uh, trade practices. Now, deception is, as its name implies, you can't make a representation that is essentially untrue or, you know, and you're misleading folks. That would be deception. And, And the FTC has guidance and has had guidance for decades on what constitutes deception. But there's something also called unfair trade practices. And that is a little bit mushy as to what exactly constitutes an unfair trade practice. And people, including some of the commissioners, have, have um, egged and, and, and are trying to conjole the FTC to articulate what exactly would constitute an unfair trade practice. But what's interesting here, and although there was a deception claim, the real import of this decision is that the FTC believed it had the ability to sanction Wyndham under Section 5 of the FTC Act because their failed data security posture did constituted an unfair trade practice just in and of itself. Forget the deception, forget what representation it made, not having you know the appropriate firewalls, encryption, or whatever data security measures you think need to be in place, not having them constituted an unfair trade practice. And to that... Wyndham said, you, you can't do that. That's, you know, too mushy. So that's sort of the framework of what the FTC's authority is. Now, when the FTC sued, Wyndham moved to dismiss. Yeah. That's right, yeah. Wyndham moved to dismiss because, again, the FTC hadn't set out these standards. And so they really made, and again, um, they made a whole litany of arguments. Um, but among other arguments, they made the claim, look, this is an unfair because we had no notice of what fair is, um, which is to say, you know, FTC, you can come in, you know, and you can regulate unfair business practices, but you can't just run into any situation that you quote unquote don't like and then look at that situation, claim that it's unfair, and then regulate us under your, um, under your Section 5 authority, you know. Right. Um, it, 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 and just so, um, everybody understands. I mean, Section 5, there's unfair methods of competition, which also some people basically complain, what exactly, other than an out-and-out violation of the antitrust laws, what is an unfair method of competition? Only recently has the FTC issued guidance after it's been in existence for 101 years as to um, as to what, well, it's been in this portion has been in existence for 101 years as to what constitutes, you know, a uh, unfair method of competition. But similarly, you know, it's a regulatory agency. It's not putting out for public comment, you know, rules and regulations necessarily on what constitutes an unfair trade practice. And I think a lot in the business community, you know, and there's there's some sympathy for this point of view of you can't sanction me for doing something I don't know is wrong. 
Well, there's also the argument that Wyndham made. They didn't actually do anything in the sense that cyber criminals intruded into their networks and stole their customers through them, their proprietary data. But it's not as if Wyndham were to, went out to the cyber criminal underground and handed them a bunch of PII of their customers and right. said, you know, here you go, you know, um, this has value. This was, this was effectively the same thing as a bunch of criminals breaking into Wyndham and then stealing from Wyndham. So Wyndham made the argument, how can you sanction us? This wasn't even us performing this activity. And the Third Circuit really did not um, sympathize with that argument. I mean, that their response, if I remember correctly, is more like, well, if you leave all of the doors open and allow them to come in, then yes, you can be held liable for not engaging in reasonable security measures. That's right, Jay. They actually stated, and I thought it was interesting, I'm not making uh, any judgments as to whether or not it's a right or wrong statement, but what they claimed or what they stated in their opinion was that Wyndham effectively facilitated this activity with their lax cybersecurity posture. They effectively... Um, even though they didn't do it themselves, they were they were effectively asking for it. Right. And, you know, sometimes bad facts make bad law. But, I mean, sometimes, you know, when you, according to the FTC complaint, this was so egregious that there's no way one could not have known that this wouldn't be an unfair, um, you know, business practice. But even more broadly, you know, the FTC's argument is that, look, there's there's they've brought cases before they've developed their unfair trade practice of you know guidance and their enforcement um, uh, guidelines and um, and criteria through consent decrees through public speeches through cases so people are on notice effectively as to what an unfair trade practice is and and in, in this I think we have to give them a little bit of, of leeway they can't sit here and tell you a one-size-fits-all that if you do X, Y, and Z, you have met, you know, there's a safe harbor. Technology moves at lightning speed. Not every situation is the same. So you can't necessarily just lay out what would constitute an unfair trade practice. You got to know what the guidelines are. And look, day in and day out, businesses have to conduct themselves according to a reasonable standard. And that seems to be essentially the FTC saying, look, you know what it, what it means to be reasonable. You've got to be reasonable in the context we're living. Yeah, and I think, uh, I think that's a good point. And I think that's one of the main issues that they've had passing a federal data breach law is there's some, um, and again, I have some hesitation even saying, well, if you encrypt the data, you're safe. Because just hypothetically, what if you encrypt all of your data and then you leave your keys out in the open? I mean, the encryption's worthless. So I do think the FTC is uh, reticent and hesitant to make a lot of bright line you know, rules as to what is and is not a, uh, an unfair business practice for exactly that reason. As you said, technology and cybersecurity are two areas that are evolving. And just as an example, um, to take an example from a couple years ago, no one saw Harpleed before Harpleed. Everyone thought SSL was a secure system that they were using, um, a secure tool. And it just wasn't. It appeared encrypted to the users, but not to the actual, um, the criminals who were stealing the data. And so, you know, it's those types of things where you can really box yourself into a corner from a regulatory perspective with bright line regulations. And the FTC just constitutionally, and I don't mean that in the, in the, in the legal sense, but I mean, in, they as a regulatory authority are very loath to, to 
state exactly um, what would constitute an unfair method of, of, of competition or unfair trade practice. They'd rather it develop through consent decrees, through investigation, through speeches, and the like. And that has been their history um, for many years and, and is continuing and certainly is continuing under Chairwoman uh, Ramirez. So the Third Circuit essentially basically blessed the FTC authority. A lot of observers were wondering, you know, well, what, what will this shot across the bow mean? And essentially it fell short and the, and the Third Circuit upheld the FTC's ability to be the nation's watchdog on data security. You know, look, there are other agencies, Federal Reserve, you know, HHS, they all for, for various industries. But the FTC has authority across the country to, to regulate what is or is not um, reasonable and uh, data security measures under their unfair trade practices. And, you know, until another circuit either rules otherwise or, you know, until there's legislation otherwise, that's probably going to be the decision, you know, you know, for the time being. And certainly, if I were the FTC, it would embolden me, um, not that it, they were unemboldened beforehand. Um, there is one other case winding its way through administratively, the LabMD, that also challenges their authority, but that's probably unlikely to, to, uh, to change. So given, given the Third Circuit's decision in Wyndham and, and everything that's gone on, sort of what, what can we kind of take from that now? That's a great question, Jay. So like you said, you used the word emboldened, and you mentioned that the FTC is a watchdog. I think that's absolutely correct. Now it's time to see whether or not the dog has teeth, because what the FTC still needs to do is they've overcome, you know, we talked earlier about consumers and the issue of standing. This is the first hurdle that the FTC needs to overcome. Now it needs to fight the much larger battle, um, which is effectively litigating the issue through to show that the measures Wyndham actually took fell short um, of the FTC's requirements as an unfair business practice and beginning from a legal perspective to lay the groundwork for what will enable them to sanction companies in the future. Because again, if they go through all of this and nothing that they that the that Wyndham did leads the court to rule that it was an unfair business practice, they may be a watchdog, but they'll be a watchdog without any teeth whatsoever. And right. so that is one of the big takeaways. The other big takeaway um, is, again, if you are a large company, especially on a national level, and you're facing a large-scale data breach, just be prepared. Because even if they don't file a complaint, even if they don't come after you, the FTC will very likely begin investigating you because they have this authority, and this authority has been blessed. So those are some considerations. Again, with everything else that's going on, it's hard to pile one more on the mix. But the hope, and this is kind of the positive takeaway, is that Hopefully, this will begin to add some clarity from a federal perspective as to who will be knocking on your door. Rather than having five different agencies with overlapping authority, hopefully they're beginning to narrow that field down and the FTC will take a more leading role in regulating this and adding just a little bit of clarity and a little bit of standardization to this process. Right. And having handled a few of these investigations. I mean, the the FTC doesn't get involved in every single one. Obviously, they've, they've got limited resources, and there's frankly too many data breaches for them. But, um, you know, when it's big and when it's 
unique, and when it's egregious, they certainly will get involved. But, you know, you also have the state consumer protection agencies that also can do the exact same thing, albeit within the state, that the FTC can do and are starting to, you know, show their muscle a little bit as well. Much like in the antitrust world where the FTC sometimes leads the investigation and the AGs kind of, you know, ride their coattails or assist them, that happens in a few of these, these, um, these breach investigations as well. You know, look, the FTC has the has the willingness, the desire, the ability, the resources to investigate some of these things. If it's criminal, you know, it's going to go to the FBI or to the Secret Service or to whomever. The, the FTC is not a criminal authority. Nevertheless, every every crime can also have its civil counterpart. That's where the FTC does come in. It's unlikely they will... You know, especially in the healthcare, you know, they'll probably leave a lot of that stuff to to uh, HHS for the banking world. They probably have a little bit of that to the to some of the you know agencies that oversee banks. But that still leaves a lot of uh, many industries that that do have to worry about the FTC calling. And look, when you have a data breach and you are aware of the data breach, there is a protocol you're going to have to go through, and you better have that protocol in place ready. This is probably for an entirely different discussion, but you better have that protocol ready. And certain of the things that you have to look out for on the horizon are investigations by, you know, the competent government authorities, yeah. and that includes the FTC. And you got to know how to deal with them, and you got to be prepared. And just to be clear, um, again, when the FBI or the Secret Service knocks on your door, they're going to be interested at the actors on the other end of the country or in another state or possibly in your home state, but the ones who are actually intruding into your networks. The FTC is going to be interested in you, what you were doing to protect those networks. So it's an entirely different sort of investigation. Oh, absolutely. I had a client um, just the other just last year who you know was a uh, Ran convenience stores and there was malware on the point of service, um, and you know we they discovered it. The FBI came in and they were they were extremely helpful in sort of detecting and locating, and you know we figured out it was some Russian hackers and and the like. But uh, but yeah, they were they were very much in the in interested in who's 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 perpetrating this, whereas you know we were. More, we were worried about you know what the government's going to say about us and the consumer class actions, which did ha- which did come. We were able to resolve it favorably, but nevertheless, it takes time and money to do that and to resolve FTC concerns and just deal with the investigation also takes time and money. And so, um, keep your data security up to date. Yeah, so. that's the uh, that's the underlying issue. And I mean, again, just to be clear. You know, data breaches occur. They happen. You know, these happen to all um, to all large retailers, all large uh, large companies. So, just to be clear, it's not the fact that the data was stolen that the FTC is concerned about. It's the fact that Wyndham failed to take steps to reasonably secure its data. So that's kind of the overarching lesson here: is take those steps and reasonably secure your data. Whether or not it's stolen, you can deal with that on the back end, and that's unfortunate. But that's really the issue is you have to take those steps. Yes. And that that is true for liability across the board, consumer, government, civil enforcement and the like. If you took the appropriate steps, you know, you have a better chance of succeeding, you know, without paying out a lot of money. Uh, thank you very much for joining us today. Uh, again, my name is Jay Levine. You can reach me at the letter J, L-E-V-I-N-E, at porterite.com. 
Uh, you can also reach me on LinkedIn or on Twitter at J-A-Y-L-L-E-V-I-N-E. And I'm joined by Ryan Graham. And he can be reached at? Uh, R-G-R-A-H-A-M at PorterWright.com. I'm here in the uh, Columbus office. And I'm in the D.C. office, although we are we are together right now overlooking um, lovely overcast uh, Columbus. It is a perfect Columbus afternoon, um, <laughs> which is to say it is a little cold, a little rainy, and there is no sun in sight. Uh, God bless the heartland. But thank you for joining us, and uh, have a great day. Porter Wright Morrison Arthur LLP offers this content for informational purposes only as a service for our clients and friends. This content is not intended as legal advice for any purpose and you should not consider it as such. All rights reserved.